treasures of God we've been learning about this Lent and Holy Week. Beginning with the ashes on our foreheads six weeks ago, we learned Jesus raises us up, as he did Job, from the ashes of sin and death. With the salt, we are comforted to know Jesus is with us now, sweetening and preserving our lives for a life which will go on forever with new bodies on a new earth. As light, God's Word exposes all our sin, but in Jesus we are forgiven and walk as children of light, reflecting Jesus to others. With the bread, we know Jesus is the true bread of life given by the Father to us. We waved our palms on Palm Sunday as a symbol of victory over sin, death, and the devil that Jesus gives to us. And last night, we learned why both water and blood poured from Jesus' side when he was crucified. It's life and salvation and how we receive that life-saving blood and water today through our baptism and partaking in the Lord's Supper. Tonight, we confront with almost blunt force the bloody instrument on which the Lord Jesus died, the wood of the cross he was nailed to and died on. This is the next promised treasure for us. The altar is stripped. The pyramids are taken down. Everything is, a, is simple and dark reminder that God's own Son, Jesus Christ, has died. God the Father did not spare His Son, His only Son, your substitute for His wrath. Even Abraham did not have to sacrifice his own son, Isaac, since God provided him a ram to be sacrificed. But now the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world lovingly dies in your place and mine. The wood of the cross has its own biblical history. Critics have long doubted the Roman Empire used crucifixes as instruments of death, particularly in the Holy Land, because they imagine it as a desert lacking any trees one would need for lumber. However, the cedars of Lebanon are mentioned over 100 times in the Scriptures. In fact, this vast forest which runs north to south along Israel was encountered and documented by travelers well into the time of Martin Luther. In Jesus' day, the Romans had plenty of timber at their disposal, much like our own coast range, to build their ships, buildings, infrastructure, and crucifixes. Jesus' cross could well have been made from one of the cedars of Lebanon. Wood was also available below sea level in Galilee. Along the Jordan River, there was cottonwood, box elder, willow, and several other types. If you read your Bible, you'll find wood is used to rescue, sweeten, and raise up. In Genesis, God placed two trees in Eden, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Noah later used gopher wood to build the ark that buoyed his family above the waters that wiped out the entire world. After Moses led Israel out of Egypt through the Red Sea, he threw a piece of wood into the bitter waters of Marah to sweeten them for Israel to drink. Much later, in the time of the kings of Israel, the prophet Elisha cut a wooden stick and threw it into the Jordan River to raise up an iron axe head, which had accidentally been flung into the river by one of the prophets who was cutting down a tree. 
While none of these wood stories directly point to the cross upon which Jesus died, they indirectly reveal images of what the cross does to save you. The early church fathers, such as Ambrose and Clement, often excelled at doing this. They used a simple Bible account in a picturesque way to connect it to the whole story of salvation. For instance, going back to the account of Noah and the flood, why did God tell Noah to build an ark out of wood? God could have chosen another way to destroy the world and save Noah and his family. Instead, God chose a wooden boat to keep Noah, his family, and all the animals safe. God used the wood to rescue them and enable them to float above the water. What troubles flood your mind this Good Friday? Are you so overwhelmed with trouble from so many different things that you feel like you're drowning? Is it family fractures? Relationships run afoul? Frustrations with work or having no work? Health problems? Amid such troubled waters, the wood of Christ's cross promises to keep you afloat by rescuing you from the eternal consequences of sin, which are at the root of all our troubles. I mean, if I were to sit down with any one of you at the table and you were to list every single thing that troubles you or is causing you trouble, whether it's internal or from some outside circumstance, we could connect it to sin, either directly or indirectly. Because in this life, after the fall of creation, things inside us and outside us are not perfect anymore and go wrong, which trouble us, harm us, and eventually kill us. Jesus was willingly flooded with the weight and guilt of this world's sin when he cried, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yet by this, he, the righteous and sinless Son, conquered sin, death, and hell. Why did God tell Moses to throw a piece of wood into the bitter waters at Marah? To sweeten it so that the Israelites could drink it and live. Have you ever tasted bad water like strong iron well water or stale water from a pond? Well, God could have told Moses to throw anything into that nasty water at Marah, even a rock. But God told Moses to throw a piece of wood into the bitter waters to make them drinkable and sweet. Are there some bitter pills to swallow in your life? Do feelings of bitterness linger in your heart against some people? Are you justly upset because you were wronged or betrayed? Even amid your bitterness, God comes to sweeten and gladden your life with his promised treasures. So with unclenched fists, you may open your hands again to others. Joseph forgave his brothers who betrayed him and sold him into slavery. And Jesus bore all betrayal and bitterness from Judea, Peter, and all his disciples who fled him. Similarly, the wooden cross can sweeten bitterness and soften anger. Jesus was betrayed, and his exposed body was nailed to a tree so that sin and the bitterness and anger it breeds might be done forever. 
Finally, let's consider Elisha and how God floated a heavy iron axe head with a lighter piece of wood. Why didn't Elisha speak over it or motion his hand? He could have parted the Jordan River with his cloak and picked it up. Instead, by throwing in the piece of wood, God raised the weighted iron. Now, that doesn't normally happen, does it? When did you last see an iron axe head float? It doesn't. But the cross of Jesus uplifts you. He takes all your guilt, shame, worries, troubles, and sin, and nails it to himself. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. That's Psalm 55. Although millions of things might be weighing you down right now, God knows these things and cares about you. Every day may bring you new burdens which weigh you down like a heavy iron axe head. But Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Your bloodied and beaten Savior, Jesus Christ, invites you to cast every weight on him so that by his cross you are lightened, lifted up, and sustained by his forgiving grace. May Christ's cross always rescue, sweeten and enlighten your life. He gives you eternal life now. You are his forever because he shed his blood for you. That's why today is Good Friday. Amen.